0: Welcome to the Creative Industry Insight Podcast, a podcast that looks at various roles in the creative world. I'm your host, Bobby. Today's guest, head of story and storyboard artist, Gabriel Lin, joins us to talk about their work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Please be warned, there are heavy spoilers in this episode, so sit back and relax as we jump into the conversation with Gabriel. Hi, Gabe. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. glad we can manage to organize something and sit down and talk about the newest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, uh, which has just come out recently. How have you found the reaction to the whole film?
1: I think it's been pretty, pretty positive. But yeah, I, I try not to look at it too much because I think it'll just fill me with anxiety.
0: I guess it's one of those things, right? If you're, if you see something good, and then it's great, you can have that sort of feedback. But then, if there's negativity, then you're kind of just like scratching your head, being like, "Ah, what happened here?" Or then you (laughs) might not get like, might get like sleepless nights or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've talked with friends about this for a while, but it was like I feel like my personal fear for any film I work on is, like, going to a movie theater with, like, your intended audience. Like, uh, for for animation, it's usually kids. And then if you go into the movie theater and the kids aren't laughing or they're not having fun, it's, like, the biggest, ah, shit, I fucked up feeling. Because, like, I think there's, like, I I don't particularly care as much about the critic rating type thing, because, you know, it's it's an animated film for kids. They might like. They might not like it, but it's like it wasn't made for them. But if uh, if kids
0: aren't liking it, then it would freak me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess as well. Like you're right. With like films that aren't made for critics; are made for a wider audience. And sometimes those sort of films, especially if it's a kids' film, might not tick stuff for those critics, as it's not really aimed for them. I always sort of picture uh, like the critic from Ratatouille on when it comes to these sort of things where he's like harshly writing it, even though it might not be made for him. Yeah. But to sort of jump into the into the film itself, you're listed down as head of story and storyboard artist. Before we get into the project itself, what does head of story mean? And what are the uh, responsibilities that entails?
1: I think it, it ranges obviously from film to film. But generally, I'd say a head of story's job is to manage the story team, like that general department and kind of being the the bridge between the story team and the director or directors because i think within animation there's a lot of there's a lot of moving wheels at the same time the director needs to go from you know one meeting where they're talking with the art team to consumer products and it's a lot to juggle sometimes there's not a lot of time in their schedule to communicate things so for For me, as a head of story, it's bridging that gap and being in meetings with the directors uh when they're in uh, in other departments so that I can have a better sense of what they want and like the direction they're going for, so that I can kind of on the day to day basis answer questions and make the story team run smoothly without necessarily having to bother the directors every single like hour
0: so I uh, like as bridging the gap. What does that mean in terms of also the writing of the film, so is that the case of more sort of like as a head of story, it's more like a way of an animation thing of how your scenes will be played out or how they're gonna be how they're gonna look in terms of
1: bridging the gap, I think it's it's also like a so for story storyboards and animation, it's a little different than it is in live action. I think live action. Uh, storyboards you tend to do more detailed drawings but they're just single drawings to develop like an idea for a shot and then you pass it on to the director or the uh, DP and then they go from there and kind of use your boards as cues whereas storyboards and animation especially for the Ninja Turtles movie it's a lot more instructive for the rest of the pipeline so whatever i board or whatever artist from the story team boards that gets put directly into edit and then the animators take it and run with it but for the most part what we do is what gets into the movie so i think in terms of like being that bridge for the director when they can't always be there um it's just trying to allow each story artist to be themselves and contribute you know like their Idea or vision for what each sequence should be, and just trying to enable everyone to be the best possible version of themselves.
0: It, it seems like there's a lot more pressure on you as being that sort of bridge, but then also uh, getting everybody to be moving in the same direction, especially when it comes to animation, because it is so different to live action. Where in live action, if a take is wrong or a camera needs to be moved, you just set up the shot. But I guess with animation, it's Completely different, as there's probably there's so much probably testing and uh, research and development that needs to go, and how characters will move and how that's going to affect sort of processes down the line.
1: Yeah, and I feel like um, in animation there's more there's more encouragement for board artists to take ownership in their sequences. So so the movie just came out, and a lot of the artists are now starting to share some of the work and. What's great is like, you know, an artist could be like, hey, you know, this this fight sequence or this moment in the movie is like, for for lack of better words like I did this. And with that comes like a lot of pressure for for the artists individually, because every week or two, we we have a meeting with the directors and they pitch their their idea for the sequence. But what they're given is a script and they can take that script, which is a lot of words and turn it. Into something of their own, which is something I think that's uniquely animation. Because you know, if you give if you give a script to three different artists, like they they would come up with completely different sequences. Because you, if you just have on a script like a guy walks into a restaurant, sits down, and threatens another man, that could be interpreted and done so many ways, and it's kind of up to the artist to do it. So I think the pressure is on them to make it cool and unique and. The job for, I think, the head of story is to encourage them and help them do the best version of what they have in their mind, and at the same time, trying to keep steering them towards the vision that the director has for the general tone of the movie and how the characters would behave.
0: I think this like leads to sort of question. Well, I guess it comes down to the part of the film where we see the sort of fighting montage and whilst watching it there was a heavy old boy influence shall we say in the way that the camera moved down the corridor whilst the turtles were fighting but when you have something where when we when they first have a fight in the mechanics workshop compared to when they're sort of going around town there is a different sort of feel to it and i guess it has that both have that old boy reference as the fact that When they're fighting for the first time, they're putting ideas that they've seen on TV into practice, and then later on, just being sort of badass about it. When it comes to this sort of storyboarding and creating those visuals, how is it that you get your team together to talk about it? Is it a case of directors saying that this is how we want things done, that we're going to be pulling influences from these films? Can we go by that and then build it from there?
1: Yeah, it's a little mix of both, and it's actually it's actually funny that you mentioned old boy. Uh, I don't did you, did you l- listen to any interview from Jeff? Did he mention this, or did you just kind of come up with that yourself? Because that was something that we did talk a lot about in terms of like
0: inspiration. That was just came to my mind when I was watching the film, and it's kind of all by chance because. I watched the trailer to Old Boy recently because they're re releasing it on the twentieth anniversary, I think, of the film and they've restored it to four K's. So I think that's why it kind of popped into my mind and that sort of and that's what was sort of like two and two together. But I'm kind of glad that I've picked that up rather than listen to interviews yeah. with Jeff. Yeah, and- I
1: don't think he like for a while in the movie we actually did have like a a different fight sequence that we would call the old boy like hammer fight because it was a similar idea where the four turtles would be fighting horizontally from the camera into like a like a long fight just going down a hallway that was like an idea that the director had and i think we we decided to throw that into the montage as like here's where here's where we can put it into the movie that fits the story for a while he was like very. Into the idea of having an old boy hammer fight in the movie. But to answer your question, I think it's like a mix of both. Sometimes when the writers or the directors have like a a sequence in mind, they'll also have some like comparisons to like other movies that they would really like to not imitate, but to capture the same feeling. They're like, hey, check this scene out. This is the inspiration while we were writing it. This is the general idea. So sometimes we have that to go off of. Sometimes it's uh, it's more on the story artists where they're like, hey, you, you gave me like a pretty blank slate in terms of what to do. And I thought, hey, it would be cool to make it like this other movie. And uh, it's like a little give and take.
0: Just to sort of, because I felt like we slightly not went on a tangent, but just to get us back on track. How did the project come about and what was it that made you want to take it on?
1: I mean, I couldn't tell you how the project came about because I was not there during its inception. But what got me on board was just getting a a call from the co-directors, Jeff and Kyler, and just asking, you know, like, hey, let's hop on a call. They showed me some really cool art. Hey here's the idea we have for a Ninja Turtles movie. Would you be interested in joining and the art was so cool. I basically immediately said yes. It was one of those moments where I think I had seen I had seen some early concept art and it looked really cool and very refreshing and It was something that I was like kind of looking for i the The studio I was at previously was kind of for lack of a word like not st- stimulating for for me personally, so I was looking for a way out and pay came at the right time for me.
0: It's funny because a lot of guests that I talk to have those moments where things are changing and like all these sort of jobs sort of fall at the right time, and those sort of moments of like opportunities just presenting yourself when need be. But I think as well I, on the strength of just concept art to take on a project as well. There must have been something that's really stood out to you when you're looking at all of this to be like, yeah, you know what, I'm I'm in, sign me up.
1: That's how a lot of my career's been—is just like uh, lucky timing or or seeing something that clicks with you personally and just like jumping to that as
0: fast as possible.
1: I don't. I can't. I can't like say that's like the smartest way to live your career, but that's how I've been doing it.
0: I think every person is different, and I think as well as like going with a gut feeling. I think somebody has said if it's if there's if your gut is telling you something, then it's ninety nine percent of the time it's correct. So if if you're gonna go on it, then you might as well go for it. But once you're sort of onto a project, um, and you start building a team around you. Because you have experience as a storyboard artist as well, how do you go about start crewing up your team and getting the right people in to work on the project?
1: A lot of times in animation, I think it's just who you know. So, for, so like what happened to bring me on board was just, I knew Jeff and Kyler from, from school. And, uh, I think at that time, at that time it was just, Jeff as the director and Kyler was the head of story initially. And then Kyler was like, oh, we should bring Gabe on board. So they called me up and that's about as straightforward as it gets. And I think once we started staffing up uh, further down the line, uh, it was the same deal where it's like, hey, we need good artists. Do, Do we know any? And it's one of those things where... Good artists are always employed, so it's always like a a tough find where it's like, hey, everyone that we know that's good is taken or they're busy. So we either have to like convince them to jump ship and join us or we have to like really like just spread spread the feels out and just ask anyone in the crew. It's like, hey, anyone know anybody that would be a fit for this?
0: So it's it's kind of like when you're shooting. Well, I guess it's like when you're shooting a live action film. Uh, getting the right people in, and either convincing them to join from another show, or sort of, say, you know, throwing your net out wider to see uh, who you can draw in. What I'm also curious to know about is when it comes down to story and character design, because um, when it comes to sort of uh, character uh, character design, um, I guess people already have a an idea in mind in how these characters are going to look. Um, especially when it's not the first iteration of the turtles. Um, you've got live action, you've got animated, you even have them as like, I guess, CGI in the sort of Michael Bay produced films. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to something like this, where do you guys begin with the character design and fitting, fitting into the universe that you want to create?
1: So for this movie, I think Jeff kind of assembled An amazing art team, which was like a combination of artists from who worked on the recent Spider Verse movie, or had worked uh, with him on his previous movie, Mitchell's versus Machines, and then with that team, he he brought on uh, a character designer, Woodrow Wright, and uh, Woodrow kind of was in charge of creating the characters, and we kind of modeled the world around his designs, and. I think the general idea that they were going for was just trying to emphasize like the teenage aspect of ni- like the Ninja Turtles and then because of because of that we tried to skew our designs and our world around this idea of uh everything kind of looking like a like a drawing that a teenager would have on their, their notebooks everything was kind of scribbly and scratchy and a little weird because no one really has learned how to draw and it was was a very like refreshing and unique
0: idea yeah and you can tell that with also the sort of color palettes used on screen it does have that sort of spider-verse feel to it but then also it has its own sort of own take on the world and um that's what i also love about the film is that the turtles themselves they didn't feel like they were they actually felt like teenagers coming into their own and coming into the world rather than previous iterations where they would feel a little bit more sort of, you know, they would like more to the end of their teens going into the sort of adulthood, um, should we say? Yeah. So you don't have that sort of awkwardness as a teen when you're sort of trying to figure out who you are and what you like.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was our goal. I think we we've watched the other Ninja Turtles movies, and I think it was airing too much for our personal taste on the side of like a superhero movie where they like, especially for the Michael Bay movies, they're, they're teenagers, but they're like impossibly jacked where they're like the size of like an entire uh, city floor. uh, And they're just like on destroy crumbling skyscrapers. And it wasn't something that we as a team, I think could relate to. So we tried as, as much as we could to steer away from that kind of action and storytelling. And I know I know some fans are upset about that. I think there's like a segment of Ninja Turtles fans that really want a darker, more edgy and dramatic telling of Ninja Turtles and they're upset that we went towards the teenage part, but I think as a crew that was just the the angle that we felt more compelled
0: to to try. I would understand people being like upset and whatnot. I guess it's like with stuff like the turtles because of the, I guess their villains can be quite dark. So we don't see Shredder in this film, but Shredder itself is quite a scary force in the turtles lore. And he's always like a looming threat, but, he, but also no nonsense villain, um, shall we say. Right. Um, so I kind of understand why people would Go towards more they oh, I let's go for the darker route. But I guess with something like this, where you're in animation, where you're sort of doing everything within camera, shall we, in a way, but designing it a lot, you know. But the whole d- design process is takes a lot more. is is thought out more, shall we say, compared to live action, where in live action you can improvise a bit more in how a character is going to move, behave, and act, but it, but here you probably have to spend a lot more time in how they're gonna behave and act. and um, so it probably makes it a little bit more difficult to sort of change that later on. Yeah. I was also curious about it's like as head of story and you are uh, that gap get, get between the designers and directors. There's also it comes down to things like casting. There are certain there's a lot of sort of big name actors that have been cast in the in the film itself. Once those people have been brought in do the designs ever change to sort of match to how the actors look, or do you just continue with how what you had planned all along?
1: As with a lot of these answers, probably uh, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the production. I think when I was at DreamWorks, I think designs changed based on casting. Sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes the character designers like taking a celebrity's voice and then kind of changing or tweaking the designs to like, hey, this kinda of looks like the the celebrity or like the voice actor. But because our movie is just a bunch of mutant animals, we didn't we didn't skew towards changing any designs based on cast. It was more just trying to cast who we thought fit the designs we already had.
0: Okay. So I'm always sort of curious about if if any of that ever changes down the line with what goes on and how the sort of casting process pr- progresses,
1: yeah, for for this movie it was pretty pretty straightforward. We we had we had for the Ninja Turtles we had a bunch of auditions for the main four and we just I don't think this is very common but Jeff was. Very inclusive in the casting process. So while we were working on the movie, he would be like, Hey, here's, here's some recordings of some of the kids for the Ninja Turtles. And you'd just have like a folder full of just audio recordings without any video or anything. And just being like, Hey, for the story team, do any of these voices resonate with you for, for the kids or for the Ninja Turtles? And as far as the rest of celebrity stuff, uh, it, it was very fast so it was just like hey these guys would be perfect for the villains let's hit them all up and we were lucky enough that most of them just said yes immediately
0: yeah i would think as well like as crew working on films once you hear certain names attached and signed on it's kind of bit like wow i can't believe we got uh john cena i can't believe we've got uh john carlo esposito like wow this is crazy
1: yeah, yeah, it's always uh it's always like surprising and also just like exciting cuz big names <laughs> for for like for the moment it'll be like this is a real movie. We've got yeah. real actors.
0: I think it's well like once you get like one person it feels like it snowballs. that Another person joins and then another person and you know it's kind of just like wow, like you're right. We like well, we've got a movie coming along Let's uh let's get this party started. Yeah. But also like when it comes to head of story, how involved are you in script writing process and the development of the story itself, or is that is that taken care of by a whole different team?
1: It's generally just taken care of by the directors and the writers and just them sitting in the edit bay. I think the influence that I have or the story team as a whole has it's there we We generally. We generally have like a bigger influence on each individual sequence, but with because a movie, you know, it's just like a compilation of a bunch of sequences over time, like they all add up into being a significant impact on the story. Cause sometimes we'll have a sequence where maybe the writer wrote that Donnie and Mikey have a fight and Uh, if we, if we board that sequence and something within what the board artist has done resonates with the director, they're like, Hey, this is like an interesting moment or an idea. And we'll try to pivot or like tweak the story to make this work better. So as a head of story, I think like it's often down to just sequences that we work on. But, uh, there is an aspect of like once the entire movie is put up, As like a screening, as an animatic, there's inevitably things that don't work. And that's when I'm able to suggest things uh, to like, like, hey, what if we move these scenes around? What if we cut out this section? Uh, Just like small, small suggestions on how to improve or fix problems that we already have.
0: Are there any issues that you guys fixed that ended up in the final film that improved it in a way?
1: I mean, the answer is yes. I think <laughs> my, it <laughs> was an art, one of the art directors on the movie after the party, after we're, we had our rap party, she was like, Oh, what sequence did you, what sequences did you work on? And I, for the life of me, could not remember a single thing I had worked on for the entire movie. Let's see, things that we changed that were pretty big. I think the main thing that comes to mind is that we used to have, multiple villains like multiple villain story arcs so for the final movie we have superfly who's uh voiced by ice cube but for the longest time we actually had a second villain uh whose name was rat king and every time we had a screening it it was too complex and it was too complex and like Complicated of a story to weave two different villains with two different agendas into our movie, and eventually it was just a thing where we were in a meeting where like we we need to cut this villain out because tracking tracking two villains made the movie just like too confusing as to like who who are the Ninja Turtles fighting? They're fighting everybody, but. It's like a weird, it was like a weird story with Lash where you'd have to track them fighting one villain, but then during their fight with one villain, they're fighting another one. It was one of those things where we had to like sit down and be like, hey, some of these sequences are very cool, very funny, but as a whole, this idea just has to go.
0: I can imagine as well, like when you're working on something like this where there's a overall arc of a story for the characters itself but then if you're throwing too much in at once it as you said the sort of whiplash for audience members to go back and forth between who's who and what's happening and what they're sort of what they think is what they're doing is right but really it's not actually right
1: yeah i think uh i think there's like a very real like just keep like i guess we would call it maybe like emotional or like story math where If you're watching it as an audience, you're like trying to like keep track of everything and like keeping track of each character's motivations in your head. And if it doesn't add up or if it's too, if it's too convoluted, then the math kind of gets mixed up. And then you're like, Oh, maybe Donnie is like conflicted for this one villain, but he's not conflicted for this other villain. And if there's too many things to keep track of, then whatever arcs that you're trying to get through, Uh, just don't come across the way you want it to and sometimes taking things out and simplifying things really helps
0: you mentioned as well superfly which is like a really great name and then also a character in itself because i guess like as an older audience member i kind of think of like superfly as like Black mutation character or and once you you have that idea of like this super cool person, but then it turns out to be a fly. It's a really sort of smart and funny way. Yeah. So when it comes to something like that, where you have somebody like Superfly, where you build them up, in terms of like story design and getting it to the final product, where did you guys begin with the design and also sort of weaving uh, the idea of Superfly in?
1: Um, so I think early on in... In production we had developed superfly to originally be baxter stockman and we just had baxter turn into superfly but we found that it was just a little confusing and it, it required a little bit more time to explain this to the audience where it's like hey Remember that guy from the beginning of the movie? He did all this and then like turned into the fly later. And it was just, it became, it became kind of just like a, a more efficient and less time consuming thing to make him his own entity. That's kind of how we came up with what ends up in the movie, which is that Stockman basically created Superfly. And that Superfly is his
0: own being
1: and with his own goals.
0: That was a correct decision not to make Bax- Baxter a uh, Superfly because you're right; it would have been quite uh, confusing at times in how it's going to look and feel. Even though uh, Baxter does have that sort of fly-like look and feel to him, and he looks quite greasy and um, that feels like that <laughs> on the sc- that comes like off on the screen, but like on top of that, having that ability to sort of create more of a character arc for superfly that there's a reason why he, he the fly is so angry and wants to sort of make them and make everybody sort of be part of the world and be like as one um shall we say but i still think the cool like the whole introduction of when superfly rolls up with his whole crew uh in the sort of low, low rider <laughs> um and you're expecting like everybody's sort of having that expectation of like, oh, it's gonna be some sort of gangster and it's not, it's this giant fly who then he becomes even bigger later on in the climax of the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we we also just found that um in the original version where Stockman is super fly and he's just like a human that's turned into a fly, there was again more like complicated Storytelling issues where it's like it it makes things a little bit better and easier when the villain has a similar but diametrically opposed goal to the the heroes. So for for our movie, Superfly wanted acceptance because he's a mutant, but but the humans don't like him, and it's the same with the turtles. But they just have different approaches to how they're gonna gain acceptance. But in the in the previous version, you know, it was like oh, it's a it's a human. Who turned into a a fly, and his motives were a bit unclear, like he wanted revenge, but it w- it didn't really make sense as to why the turtles would care or relate to that in any particular way. It was just like he happens to be a mutant, but there was nothing to connect these two like character groups together, and I think that was also like something that we used as like justification for. Being like hey superfish should be his own thing
0: yes and i think having that link because i think that whole bol- the the bowling alley scene which looks really beautiful visually sort of links that story between the turtles and uh, the mutants between them and how they're not they're not necessarily bad people they're just misunderstood yeah but in terms of designs and ideas what was your favorite was presented to you and what was your favorite idea that was executed on screen
1: my favorite design would probably either be mondo gecko just because i don't know something about like his like wall eyes, just like looking in opposite directions is so funny to me that or i think the mega mutant at the end uh super duper fly i wish we could have spent more time with that character because there's there's a lot of like really cool small details within that design that we only briefly show in the movie but you know like the mega mutant has limbs full of other animals and every time we had a meeting with uh you know like the model and rigging team where they would show oh hey here's we've just modeled his his left leg or something and it's just like a bunch of horses and all the horses like you know have like expressions and like blinking eyes and like they're movable like that stuff was so cool and grotesque that uh, it's a shame that it was just like uh, an issue of time that we were just like hey we can't spend too much time just like looking at all these like incredible details
0: in terms of like um when you get to something like that with all the little details and whatnot, how long would someone probably spend on something like that just to show off the details and get it to the final uh final version of the screen?
1: Uh I I would say it's just like it's a reiterative process, but it would probably take months because we would first have the character design and draw up multiple versions of something like the Mega Mutant, we would have an idea for like, hey, we want this Mega Mutant to just I have monkey limbs and giant horse legs. Uh So they would come up with an idea, and then we'd, we'd reiterate on that. And then once we're happy with that, it goes into model and rigging, and that has its own pass. And because we used a vendor studio that, I wouldn't say it takes longer, but because they're in different time zones, we would have to... It would it would kinda be like a a game of telephone where it's like, hey, we'll we'll give you this assignment and then we have to wait for a certain amount of time before they get back to us with their take on it and it was just like a constant back and forth. But it it takes a long like animation takes a long time. So every every image, every design takes multiple passes and then once once a design or a shot is approved, then it goes into like layout, it goes into rigging, lighting, it's it's a whole
0: thing. But <laughs> sometimes I can't get my head around how long some of these things take. Just because it's I don't know, it's just always like a, a how many sort of step process and how much patience people would have uh, just to go ahead with just what they're doing and whatnot.
1: Yeah, it's all it's a lot. I think uh from the story team's perspective, our jobs are pretty simple, but in the grand scheme of it, there's there's so many cogs within like the machine that that are we're just like basically step one and everyone there's like so many people that touch the same shot or the same sequence it's crazy
0: what well, I wanted to check as well just to sort of lead to my penultimate question what was your favorite scene of the movie to create and then what would you say is your favorite scene what was your favorite scene that got the best audience reaction?
1: Okay, so favorite scene that I worked on it would probably be that uh would be the ninja turtles like first fight in the chop shop. I think so I worked on that maybe like a year into a year a year and a half into our production and we were still trying to we were still trying to figure out fight sequences for our movie. We were trying to avoid we were trying to avoid Michael Bay style action sequences where everything is just over the top to 100 and this was the first time where i felt like i had hit something out of the park for the for the film and like hit on an idea that we we seemed to collectively agree was in the right direction but that's why it kind of has like a special place for me but it was just the idea that this is the ninja like in our head canon this is the ninja turtles first fight Every Everything they've done since then or before, everything they've done before then was just like either petty crimes or just like they've just been messing around on rooftops um, just being kids. So this is their first fight. They're not superheroes yet. So they have to win the fight, but they can't be good. They can't be good at fighting. They have to like get their ass kicked. It has to be sloppy. And they almost have to just like very clumsily win the fight in spite of, like, their lack of training. And then, in terms of sequences that I liked the most, as, like, a general for the movie and, like, audience reactions, I think that that one montage fight that you point out in the beginning is probably the most successful. That sequence was boarded by uh, this artist, John Jackson, and he did, like, a fantastic job pitching uh, just the ideas or how we cut between all the turtles fighting in different locations, but having all the cuts, like, match cuts, so that it's, like, seamless. Uh, it, it was just, like, a, a beautiful sequence and a beautiful idea from him.
0: Just to check as well, when... So I know that, as I said, that was my a question, but I just want to sort of follow <laughs> up, because you were mentioning about uh, having someone come on and map out the sequence for a fight. When somebody like that comes on, there's obviously an idea of how things want to play out but do you ever let the someone just have a bit of a free reign to go have a play of what they have in mind for something like that and then sort of make a combination of both
1: yeah yeah i think i think for for all these sequences it was uh it was a matter of like we, we would assign these sequences to an artist, you know, so if a, a fight was assigned to me or assigned to any of the story team, we, we would give them, you know, a week or two to kind of come up with an idea on their own. And then they would pitch it to the to the whole team. And after that, if there was anyone in the meeting when when they pitched it, if there was anyone who had an idea for like, hey. I really like this idea and there's like a small section where I think we could insert something cool that would be the time where you know people would start throwing ideas or like sketching little like doodles like uh, Kyler was really good at that where if I were if I were on a sequence he'd be like oh it'd be really funny if you just like had this moment or like if you tweaked this moment to have this one thing happen or uh, or another artist would kind of take the idea and be like, Hey, I think, I think I have an idea for how we can make this one section. Cause like a lot of times the first scene that you work on is like maybe at best, I would say like 70% there. You've got the bare, you've got like the bare bones there and some ideas that aren't fully working. And it takes like a couple more passes to fully get to the final product. So everything between now like the first the first attempt and like the final it's just like artists bouncing ideas off each other saying like hey i think this works this doesn't here's something you could try here's an idea that might make this moment land better it's a it's it's really a team effort yeah i i think like within that one chop shop fight sequence there was another artist that worked on sections of it and it was it was really fun cuz it was like uh, he would, his name is, uh, Charlie Parisi, and he worked on some sections in the back end of it. And based on things that he did in the back end of it, I was like, oh, he, like, this could be a good idea. One of them being like, he, he had a, he had a guy in the chop shop, like, drive a car at the, at the Ninja Turtles, trying to, like, run him over. And just, like, really small details were that, like, I'd be like, hey, that one guy driving the car, for the longest time, we didn't have really an explanation for him. He he just like got in a car and started to try to run them over. So it's like it would be really nice if we tied him in in the beginning of the fight sequence. You know, so it's like Mikey I think crashes through a sunroof of a car and a guy chases him inside of it and gets knocked out. So that later in the sequence he comes back on. He comes back conscious, sees the turtles, and then that's how he's ready in the car and trying to run them over Uh, and it was like a lot of those small ideas where different artists will board a sequence or board moments within it and then everyone trying to take these ideas and make into one cohesive
0: product i think it's fascinating to hear the sort of build up and the sort of hoops that you guys have to jump through to make the scene work and then like the reasoning behind how is this going to happen how does a to b happen how does this happen and it's interesting to hear how so many people are involved and how the final product looks like as well
1: yeah it's 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 a lot of fun it's one of my favorite parts of it is just the collaborative aspect of it because honestly coming up with the coming up with like a whole sequence is just a lot of a lot of work and a lot of creative juice that one individual probably doesn't have, especially within our like very fast production schedule, so it's great to have multiple people thinking about a sequence and working together.
0: And I can imagine it as well, like the once everybody's sort of got the creative juices flowing, the how they bounce off one another and whatnot. I think that's always the sort of something special when you're sitting there and you see the creative spark between a group of people and how they're gonna sort of tackle an idea.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great when uh when something you do or someone else has done gets like a room excited and they're like adding on top of it. It's it's one of the best films.
0: Just to sort of get no, actually get to my final question. Who is your favorite tattoo, and who do you think you relate to the most?
1: Uh I personally relate to Donnie the most. I also just like for our movie I I like what we did with Donnie and just like the voice act, the whole thing. I think when I was growing up, I, I was into Mikey. I thought I was like a Mikey guy just cause, you know, he's, he's the goofball kind of like comedic relief character that I, I think most kids relate to the most. But now that I'm a little older, I, I relate to Donnie. I think like he, he constantly. Within the within our movie, he constantly has like the funniest expressions when he's just in the background and he's over, he's just like over something that his brother said, or he's like being really smug. Yeah, I relate to that a lot.
0: I think I relate to Donny as well, not just because of the, like the glasses, but it's also like sort of tech aspect. And I don't know why. I've always he was always my favorite as well, and he I could just probably relate to him, especially now even more in this film as well.
1: Yeah and i also i i do like that we made him a little a little goofier i think i think uh something that we struggled with was the very bro- sometimes broad personalities of the turtles like he's usually the goofy one with the jokes uh Raph is always the angry one and i was trying to trying to find that like extra depth in each character to make them feel more like a teenager like Donnie has the capability of being a shithead just as much as everyone else. And obviously that goes with everyone else where, you know, Mikey's not just the jokes guy. He's he's sometimes the glue that keeps the team together, that type of thing. It's,
0: it's great. Gabe, thank you very much for your time today. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem is out now in the cinemas. Go out, support the film, and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: No, thank you for your time. You take care and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast.